Yeah, hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to urge in the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to urge in the Channelized Bimbingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now, imagine them getting even softer over time. I'm here to tell you about Bowl and Branch Sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch Sheets get softer with every wash. They're made from the rarest organic cotton and designed to get softer over time. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order with code BUTTERY. So head to bollandbranch.com today. Exclusions apply. See site for details. And welcome to the following on cricket podcast and it is the final cricket podcast coming to you from the Caribbean at Sam Elard and Cameron Punsonby here at the Hyatt Hotel in Trinidad the day after the final uh, fifth uh, T20 international between the West Indies and England. The West Indies winning by four wickets to win the series 3-2 in a low-scoring, entertaining game of cricket over the next 20 minutes or so. Myself and Cameron will look back on the match and the whole series and we'll hear from England's Rhys Topley and the West Indies head coach Darren Sammy. This is the following on Cricket Podcast and we're with TalkSport. So it was set up just absolutely perfectly going in to the fifth and final T20 International in Trinidad at the Brian Lara Cricket Academy. It was 2-2 and it was all to play for. The West Indies won a very important toss and they decided to field first and that was a very good decision because England struggled with the bat really from the get-go, posting just 132 runs in the end being bowled out with four balls to spare. Um, the West Indies spinners, fantastic. Moti in particular, three for 24 from his four Rovers are the good figures for Akil Hussain, two for 20. Jason Holder, two for 24. Even Andre Russell, who took the new ball, he went uh, for just 25 runs, picking up two wickets. The only England batsman who really troubled the scorers was once again Phil Salt at the top of the order, making 38. Fair play, though, to England. They gave it a real go with the ball, restricting uh, the West Indies to 123 um, 113 for five even with uh, with just four overs to go giving them a little bit of belief they could well, bowl them out or even defend the total Adil Rashid once again pick up the England bowlers two for 21 but the West Indies power or their strength and depth really in the batting proved pivotal Shea Hope held the innings together and it was Jason Holder who came in at the end to just see the West Indies over the line coming in at number eight the West Indies winning by four wickets and with four balls to spare but it was a nip uh, and tuck affair the West Indies 54 for three 95 for four 113 for five in the end they got through with four balls to spare and Cameron Ponsonby it was a bloody close game of cricket in the end hello Sam I feel like I'm calmer today than I was yesterday. I was, I was, quite, I was quite angry yesterday. I don't know why, but I'm, I'm in a better space. Have I been really formal? I've, I just realised I've spoken to myself for about two minutes there. Have I, have I gone way too formal, do you think? Have I, have I, should I do this all again? No, not, no, not at all. I actually thought your intro, all I was thinking to myself is, what a pro. 
<laughs> one take wonder every time. It's it's, it's it's never more than one. No, um, I think this is time we're, we're sat next to the ocean or the sea. Paint the picture. That's something I didn't do as a host, and I should have done that. We were in the Caribbean. Yeah. The people listening to this, or majority, I imagine, will not be in the Caribbean. Paint the picture. So we're perched out on the kind of the terrace of the hotel. We're right next to the kind of water's edge. And there are loads of tankers all around us. It's kind of a very kind of beautiful, but in a slightly unusual way. We've got a massive boat just to our right called the Cabo Star. And I can see about seven boats. We must be on a, in a sh- massive shipping lane, basically, where we are. The sun's out. We're all kind of feeling quite pensive. It's, got a, it's going to be home time quite soon. Why are you feeling pensive? Well, it's just, it's just the, the end of a... Ear is way too strong a word. That's not what I mean at all. Is it, is you, the can't, end of trip? you can't. You can't. Not everything's an oh. end of an era. It's just the end of a trip in the cab. Well, what, what is 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 your is your cricketing writing era no, yeah. about to come to an end no, or something? No. Well, I, mean, I think basically my brain's on kind of like autocorrect as it were. You know when you type something in like predictive text, and now I just have the word era in my head like burned into my brain. No, it's just it's just the end of a trip, isn't it? Something I, I got my taxi driver on the way here proposed a theory which I hadn't thought about. Uh, so he said that West Indies purposefully lost the fourth T20 to send it to a decider so more fans would come to the game. And he said he said it was all a fix. I hadn't thought about that one. We should make this perfectly clear that there are claims from your taxi driver <laughs> and there are no evidence to back it up. Yeah, I just don't think the, I think England back quite well in that fourth <laughs> game and they gave the West Indies too much to say. I think that's a more likely theory. Are the West Indies now so good at cricket there? They're like, yeah, do you know what? We'll lose this game just so we can win it in style. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure a taxi driver is a great bloke, but I'm just not sure that's true. Yeah, also the idea that Phil Salt has to be good enough to like get 119 off about three balls as part of the master plan to boost the tourism of Trinidad and Tobago. I, yeah, it was, it was outlandish. Um, yeah. Thank you, clarifying. No, it's fine. Um, what are we doing? Reflecting on the series. i, I tell you a, a little tidbit which I enjoyed yesterday because I, I think something that I'm struggling with is the kind of public messaging versus the private sentiment of the group in that they keep on saying, oh, it's great, we're, we're losing, but we're learning. Uh, this year, they've, they've lost, they've not won any of the three T20 series they've played since the last World Cup. In 2023, England have played 12 T20s, won four, lost eight of them. And I kind of just don't really buy it when Mott and Butler and the group are kind of being so calm and pensive, publicly at least. And then we had a nice moment with that here yesterday where just inside the hotel where the England team was staying as well, they had a little roped-off rope area where they were having their post-series drink. VIPs only. VIPs only. No, I thought we might get an invite. I think if they won, we might have got an invite, but I didn't want an invite. We, anyway. And um, and the TV in the corner was playing the highlights of the match, and it seemed like a bit of an odd thing. You're sat around like you're having a drink, and you're kind of seeing your own failings played back to you just over your shoulder. And it was on the TV until the moment Joss Butler arrived, and Joss Butler walked straight over the TV and just turned it off. And, yeah, like, yeah. and I think that's a better I, I like I, I really liked that I enjoyed that because I was like yeah that's what I, I want my athletes and these people I look up to to kind of have real skin in the game and, and be hurt when things don't go their way because if I you think Butler has been hurt the last couple of weeks I, I genuinely yes. when, I, when I've interviewed him he looks like a man that is inc- has been incredibly frustrated and is incredibly down about a great group of players let's be honest over the last couple of months just being nowhere near good enough yeah and, and I think you've got to split the two things. You've got that's what I think is a bit odd about why they're so calm about having lost the T20 series because I think it's as a result of blending the two groups from the World Cup, from the ODI World Cup to the T20 World Cup. This is a very, this is an experienced T20 team. The team that lost yesterday had eight of the players who started in the World Cup final last year. 
but it's a very experienced group as, a, as England had more caps on that pitch than the West Indies did so for sure you can go with the ODI group yes we've started again this is a little reset button we're kind of building a new group yeah sure and then they lose 2-1 and you go there are positives to take out of this completely get that no problems with that at all I think the ODI group are in a good spot moving forward when it comes to the T20 group yes you can take the positive that right we mucked up in that we played the first two T20s in a certain style we realised that wasn't going to work we changed and we won two of the following three brilliant we've learned that for the World Cup that's a genuine positive that you don't you don't have to be cynical and kind of roll your eyes when, when Butler or Mott says that but on the flip side, these guys are still the world champions. They're still a fantastic cricket team. And so to be content, or as Butler described it, that he considered the series to be a success, I just think that's such an odd mentality to be putting out there. Because if you keep saying these matches you're playing, the result is secondary to the learnings, I think you're actually going to you take away the intensity of the event you're playing in. And actually it becomes less good preparation and less good learnings because you don't have the experience of win or bust cricket, which you then get in the, the World Cup. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 think, I, I think I support and have sympathy and agree with where Morton Butler stand on how this team is going in their private opinions, but I'm having to guess those private opinions. It's just their public messaging, which I kind of go like, come on, guys, like you, you, got, you guys are better than this, and then keep saying, oh, we're fine with having not won, because you shouldn't be. This, these guys are really good. It should be a case of, like, well, no, we're the world champions. We've come out here to win, first and foremost, and learn second. Well, one man who doesn't keep his opinions uh, close to his chest, who is very, very forthright, is the journalist Chris Stocks, who has um, today put out a tweet, and he's done an article. I'm going to read the tweet. He's put the link to the article, and he's gone. It's time for Matt Mott to go. England are so talented, a festive Yule log could win a few games if it were appointed coach. But they need a coach who knows what they are doing for next summer's T20 World Cup. Um, his newspaper then, The Independence, posted the same article, and they've tweeted it's time for England to sat Matt Mott, bring in Brendan McCullum on an interim basis for the World Cup. Do you think Matt Mott should keep his job for the World Cup? Yes, I do, because he, he led them to a World Cup victory last year. You deserve the chance to... Um, retain that to defend that and also I can absolutely see from a Rob Keyes perspective that from the coach they, the, if their mantra was to come out here and learn first and win second they have learned they've achieved that they've worked out a way they, they're going to play and they, how they're going to approach the World Cup so on that basis on that like kind of performance barometer then yeah I think Mott deserves to say to stay I think had England lost in the 30-20 so they'd lost it 3-0 and that was they were very close to doing that Harry Brooks scored yeah. 21 runs off that final over that's only ever been done once before in the history of international T20 cricket then I think we're having a different conversation because then if they lose that game then you don't know how the following game it's like, had it been 4-1 or 5-0 then I think there's a, it gets to a point where it's like no we, we have to change because it, we've fallen too far below the standards we're wanting to uphold but the turnaround I think buys Mott the World Cup it doesn't we haven't had the impression from the players that Mott has lost the dressing room, as it were. I think he's still a respected figure. That I think, from sorry to interrupt you, I think they, they definitely respect him as a person. Yeah. I don't think there's any hard feelings there. I think a few of them have been a bit confused by some of the, the mixed messaging over the last couple of months, and that, that comes across, doesn't it, in the in team selections, right? You know, they, they, they're chopping and changing. You know, the, the World Cup, or they're in three games in Cam, and they, yeah. they changed everything. I think some of the I think some of the messaging has, has muddled and confused the players a little bit. Whereas you look at the Test team, 
And as we know, the message and the, the, the kind of the plan couldn't be any clearer, could it, right? Yeah. I think one thing I would say to kind of counter that is I think we, we mainly got that, or I mainly kind of heard that opinion kind of brewing when it was 2-0, when England were losing 2-0, basically. And so they'd lost four of their last five, and then they had this turnaround and they kind of were regalvanized as a group. I think it would have been... There was a good question, I thought, to Mott about when they were... He was he was asked what spurred the turnaround. There was this big message. I hope I hope that people can hear the happy birthday in the background. It's, it's, it's very give it a rest. I mean, how loud is this? We're trying to do a podcast over here. They couldn't care less. They couldn't care less, could they? Sorry, Cameron. You were saying you were saying something very interesting. I'm sure. But happy birthday. Happy birthday. Let, let people. Let people When's your birthday? My birthday is the fourth of August, 1995. When's your birthday? <laughs> 7th of June, 1996. Do you know what? I said to Shay... Sorry, we're going to talk completely here. I said to Shay, I hope yesterday in my yeah. interview with him, oh, I, I said it. you made a big impact on the English press. We think you're a very good batsman, a very good man, and very good looking. And then it got played out in the following on podcast, and John Norman picked up and went, just to let everybody know, that was the opinion of Sam Mellard and Cameron <laughs> Punzenby, not the English press, as they once sat there and discussed who the best looking cricketer is. <laughs> I stand by it. I think Shea Hope's a very good-looking man. Apparently he's a very nice man as well, very humble man, and a very good batter as well. Um, yeah, to go back to the kind of Mott thing, I, the question I thought that he was asked, which was a good one, which was, OK, we've, people have been talking about this meeting after the second T20 defeat when it was 2-0 down, and it's this idea of, well, we're going to fight fire with fire now, we're going to change our strategy. Who delivered that message? And I thought it was a good insight. So Mott said he spoke, but he also said that Butler spoke and Freddie Flintoff spoke. Phil Salt previously attributed the fight fire with fire thing to Moeen Ali. That's kind of where he said that message had come from, which I do really believe because after the second T20, Moeen Ali was ticking when he spoke to us. Like you could see him kind of like fizzing a little bit. But I feel like the question was what the question was getting at was: Was this your message? Was this your change that you've enacted and you stamping your authority on the group, or was this kind of a collective thing? And I think that's where where Mott's job has actually been really difficult it's kind of like following like Alex Ferguson Manchester United it's kind of like okay they these guys are winning here they're going really well I don't know how much of my own thing I need to implement on this I, I'm just a babysitter basically you kind of want to be the one after the one don't you yeah exactly. you want to be you want to be the one after Mott almost because say if Mott goes then all of a sudden the next coach goes bloody hell we've got a great group of players here um, but yeah I do think I think Mott should get the World Cup um, but also he's moved his family over to Wales as well I kind of almost <laughs> think I kind of almost think he just deserves just for that. I know that is genuine commit. Also, he's a really nice bloke. I feel like I'm really I'm really feel like I'm really biased towards him now. Like I, I want him to do even better because he's a really bloody good bloke and he's got a lovely family. And he like, he moved his whole family to Wales. That's commitment to the job. He's not going to play England. Don't play white ball cricket for another six months. <laughs> You're saying that like Wales is the worst place in the world, but it's um, not as nice as Australia, is it? Though, come on. Um, I also think the reason you like him is because you upset him a little bit when you asked him to take his cap off. And he, he really, really didn't want to do that. He did not want to reveal his hair. One of the players who's, uh, who witnessed that interaction... Gus Atkinson. Why do you keep going on about him? Yeah, <laughs> <very good laughs> um, was kind of like, he said afterwards, he went, yeah. This is why I wasn't going to name the player. He went, oh yeah, I saw him without a cap for the first time. I couldn't believe it. Oh. And you're, you're like, what, what does that mean? I, you should... I don't think I've seen Malmott without a genuinely. Don't think, I don't know what he looks like without a hat. Exactly, but like, there's only so many 
things he can look like. How can it be a surprise? Uh, but he did say for Christmas he's going to shave all his hair off, so uh, maybe we'll see him uh, capless next year. Capless and hairless. Um, but not jobless, most importantly, we're saying, right? Because I, I completely agree with you. I think, you know, one World Cup win and a disappointment. If every England coach is going to win one and lose one, you're happy with that, aren't you? Hold that thought. Let's go inside the England camp because after the uh, fifth and final T20 International, I spoke with Reese Topley. Reese, that was some effort, wasn't it, with the ball? Clearly a, a, a score, probably well below a pass score, but I mean, you just came short there, but you gave that bloody good go with the ball, didn't you? Um, yeah, I guess that's you know what we're left with. We're left probably just an under-pass score. Um, the West Indies uh, bowlers bounced back beautifully and um, they really made it hard for our batsmen to score um, so I mean yeah we're pr- pretty gutted but you know I think we left everything out there so we're pretty proud Just go back to the beginning of the game with the bat um, why do you think it was it was hard for the England batsmen out there to, to get going it looked like it played much more tricky than, than the other day no it was a lot more trickier um, I, th- I think you know playing on the same wicket by then was you know, a smart choice um, I think the toss was quite crucial. Uh, I'm not saying it, it got better, but um, you know, then the, the there it was. She probably played a small factor, so I'd say the, they had the advantage with the toss. But um, you know, I think we gave it a good go. You know, the conditions we had. Did you believe out there as you were getting wickets throughout the middle that you could you could defend it? Absolutely. I, th- I think it was really tricky still for a new batter. Um, but, you know, that uh, shy that I think was in. Um, and, and once you got the pace of the wicket, I think it played pretty well. Um, just came on a, a better as, as, as the game went on. So um, I think he played a, a really smart knock. If you look back on the last couple of weeks here in the Caribbean, just lost both series, though, very, very tight series. How do you uh, assess the last couple of weeks for England? Um, well, obviously, there's some new faces. So I think hopefully uh, the hierarchy have found out about some some players. I think that's... That's the important thing. Is you either win or you learn. Um, so I think there's some, some new faces that have um, you know, really uh, tackled international cricket and, and, and grabbed it by the scruff of the neck. I mean, you know, Salty certainly came on leaps and bounds and um, you know really puts his name board to open at the World Cup next year. Um, so that's what it's all about for us. Um, obviously, you want to win these series, and, and it's a real shame that we didn't. But I think the West Indies um, you know, probably over the five games just edged us playing the better cricket. So. And, and just final one with the quality you mentioned there and some big big names to come back in the way you fought back in this series do you have real belief coming back here in, in six months time as let's not forget the team that's the current world champions in T20 cricket oh absolutely um, I think the, the guys that come back always do, do give uh, an injection of, uh, of quality of, of energy around the squad but um, I think what you like is competition for places because it really um, drives each other to, to perform your best uh, pushes you in training everything like that so I think when you know those names do come back I think it's a healthy environment and you, you felt good felt fit yeah no I'm all good so looking forward to SA20 next Merry Christmas Reese. thank you for your time cheers Merry Christmas I like Reese a lot I think he's very very calm very very measured um, and good to see Reese fit and good to see him getting through this series okay right let's now look ahead because the next time England meet up is going to be some T20s yeah. right before the World Cup against Pakistan and I'm right in saying Cameron that when they play those Pakistan games, the squad for the World Cup would have been named, right? It'll be the squad that's going to play those games. I believe that's going to be the case. Um, but as we know, we've got those couple of games against Pakistan, and then it's the World Cup, okay? 15-man squads. Talk me through it. Nice and simple, Cam. Tell me your 11, and tell me who's going to be the four reserves. Talk me through uh, at the top of the order, and let's go. So I actually think this is... Uh 
an easier exercise than often squad predictions are. I, I agree. I, I think there's not. I think there's not going to be many not here that are going to come back in. And the ones that are going to come in are going to be pretty obvious, right? So I think we can basically we can work it out on the basis that Mott and Butler have said yes, this is the group, give or take, that's going to be in the World Cup. So injuries dependent, obviously. You have four people who come in. You have Ben Stokes, you have Joffre Archer, you have Johnny Bairstow, and you have Mark Wood. Those are the four that are basically going to come back into this group. You then go take Stokes and Archer first as the two like definite definites who would come back in. And so Stokes probably comes back in for Ben Duckett as the non-playing batter in the group. Joffre Archer comes in for John Turner, who's been the non-playing bowler. Then you have Mark Wood coming back, and he will come in as a pace bowler for one of Gus Atkinson or Tamal Mills. So Mills and Atkinson probably fighting for a role there. And it, I can't remember how Atkinson said to you, I think it was, that he kind of sees his best as like being bowling the power play and in the middle overs and he wants to work on his death bowling so whether how England necessarily wants to think about using Mark Wood that would maybe change whether they replace Atkinson or Mills I would say Mills right now is a is a more skillful bowler than, than Gus Atkinson in T20 cricket and I think England could get more out of Mills than Gus Atkinson I think, I think that's a fair comment in that also we not, kind of know that's what England are thinking because Mills played more than Atkinson this, this series Mills started this series ahead of Atkinson and Topley which now when I'm thinking out loud shows that obviously kind of it's probably Atkinson at risk with, if Wood does come back Wood for Atkinson just feels a bit more like flight doesn't it yes correct and also people always want say, say um, Topley falls over and breaks himself they're like, they'd still want to have Mills there as an option of a left hander and then the interesting one the one where you, this is the one where some a big name is going to be left at home is who Johnny Bairstow comes back in for if Johnny Bairstow comes back is in that, is that a certainty do you think that Bairstow comes back in I would be flabbergasted if, if he doesn't. Okay. Who uh, for them? I, it has to be either Will Jacks or Moeen Ali, I believe, or, or Harry Brook. Like, th- these are the names we're talking about. Well, you've just thrown three names at me there. Yeah. And, I mean, no, no disrespect to Will Jacks. But if it's, if it's a toss-up between those three names, every single day of the week it's going to be Will Jacks that misses out. Moeen Ali's going to go yeah. because he's an all-rounder, he's vice-captain, he's experienced. Harry Brook goes because he's Harry bloody Brook. And then it seems so harsh if Will Jacks misses out on another World Cup squad and do you know what I, I said all along I thought this winter was the start of Will Jack cementing himself as the opening batsman in both ODIs and T20s and they went with Salt to open and Jacks to go at three and Salt's just blood, Salt's just cashed in obviously Salt and Bartle have guaranteed themselves I feel a bit sorry for Will Jacks but I kind of agree with you that if Bairstow is going to come in which I think he will then it can only really be for, for Will Jacks right? Yeah and I think it's going to be I think it could Yaz Rana from Wisdom.com said this opinion to me, and I think You're I obsessed I, with him, aren't you? I'm obsessed with everyone. You've mate. got you got obsession with him and Vish. You name drop these guys like they're posh and becks. <laughs> I, I I feel like I've got to point. I can't mention anyone. You'll be like, just calm down with these lads. Anyway, Yaz Rana basically said that he thinks that Will Jack's omission from the ODI World Cup that just happened will be like the Stokes not going to the 2015 World Cup. That kind of thought process where this guy is so talented, he's so multi-skilled. There'll be a point in a few years where we cannot believe that we were not playing Will Jacks when we had the opportunity to. Um, I think you could tell, and maybe I'm making this up like after the fact, I think you could tell that this series had more individual pressure on it for Jacks than for other people. I think you could kind of, maybe I was just kind of putting this on him from, from afar, but the fact that Salt had performed so well, and he it is really a case of like, right, it's a shootout between who's getting to the World Cup. There was more pressure on Jacks to perform, and he hadn't—he hasn't like quite 
grasp that opportunity in the T20 setup yet. And you've also got to remember that Jack's just missed out on selection for the 2021 T20 World Cup and the 22 yeah. World Cup. I also think as well, like Jack's opens for Surrey, right? Yeah. And in the T20s, he was coming in at three, and quite often he was coming in at three not early in the power play, effectively as an opener. He was coming in at three with big runs on the board, and we were into the middle overs. So he has to play. He has to play a completely different role. So I feel a bit sorry for Jacks here. I mean, it's brutal. Salt just caught two hundreds, yeah. and Salt goes and opens, and Johnny Bairstow's world class. Yeah, I, I think that it could well be the nature of it that Will Jacks misses out on a third T20 World Cup squad having been kind of in England's plans throughout that whole period of time. I think he is better suited to being a number three than Phil Salt, and that's probably... It's kind of, kind of it's, it's damning him with not faint praise, with big praise. It's like, oh, we think you're a more adaptable player than Salt, so you're going to have to do the harder role. You're going to have to do the one that you're less familiar with. Go on, then. No, I was going to just say, or could England... Now we're sitting here, we're bigging up Will Jackson, rightly so. I think he's a super talented cricketer. Could England go, do you know what? You're one for the future. You're a bloody good player. We're going to back you, the younger guy. I'm going to say to Johnny, you're missing out. No, I, was, I think cricket's got itself in a position now where there's basically a major tournament every year. And so from that respect, what's, what's the point in like too much future planning? Like There was a little bit of that with the ODI stuff because you've got two years before the Champions Trophy and there's four years till the next World Cup. But between, I think it's between 2021 and 2028, there is a world cricket like tournament every single year. And so if you're like, oh, you know what, Johnny... Like we're going to plan for the future. It's like, well, why? What do you mean you're planning for the future? We've got World Cup right now, and then we've got a big tournament next year, and next year, and next year. Just keep playing until someone loses their sport and it becomes worse. Like the sayings, if you're young enough, if you're good enough, you're old enough, kind of thing. And the true, true, it can be true the other way around, where if you're good enough, you're young enough. So even if you're 36, and you're like, well, we want to move on from you. If you're still good enough, like you just get in the teams. Do so you think Bairstow scores more runs than Jackson three for England at World Cup? Um, no, not necessarily. I, 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 I don't think it's there's such a golfing quality there that... Is there an argument Jax is better than Bairstow? And he can bowl as well. So, you know, you know I think that's a really good point. Because although there's not too much international cricket between now and the World Cup, IPL. if Jax goes, he go, he's going to the SA20, he's going to the IPL, if he rips up both tournaments, does incredibly well, and has a better IPL than... Johnny Bairstow pound for pound then that is probably his route into the squad is to literally outgun Bairstow and make it that they have to leave Bairstow at home we're obviously speaking here in the context of 100% full fitness someone's going to fall over someone's going to pull a hamstring Uh, so there's every chance that all these guys eventually go but yeah I I think Jax rather than being the kind of 100% he's on the plane figure is, is, isn't in that strength position right now. So we basically think 14 of the 15 players we've pretty much got locked in, nailed, on, nailed down. It could just come down to, to Jackson Bairstow, which I guess is a, a nice headache to have, isn't it, as an England coach? You're choosing between those two great guys. Um, let's talk a little bit about the West Indies. A crazy couple of months for them. Didn't even make the 50-over World Cup. And since then, they played some great cricket, beating England in the T20 series. And, of course, let's not forget, also the ODI series. And after the game yesterday, I spoke with their head coach, the brilliant, the charismatic Darren Sammy. Hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to urge in the Bypassal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to urge in the Channelized Bimbingus at the Bypassal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? 
Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. So, series win against England in ODIs and now T20s. How proud are you of the whole team over the last couple of weeks? Uh, very proud. You know, it shows, you know, in the Caribbean, we still have what it takes. You know, just some dedication, some effort, proper planning. Uh, and we're moving in the right direction. With a World Cup here next year, it's good for the fans to experience West Indies winning before that. And in the manner in which we've won against England, you know, I'm really proud of Rothman and his men. You've done it as a player, winning World Cup. There's a big smile on your face there. When you look at these, these guys, do you believe they can win the World Cup? I've told them. Every day I told them. I look at that team and I said to them, you know what? I have so much belief in you guys because I've seen a West Indies team like that before. I had it for six years. You know, uh, and you look at man for man, the power, the engine room, the power we have, sensible batting of, of, of Shea Hope, like a Marlon Samuels type of, uh, of player. And, uh, you know, Moti and, and, and Akil in the power play and all the other guys chipping in. I've seen a team like this before and it's up to us now to continue that from a couple areas where we need to be more, we need to be better both tactically and, 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 and technically. But I'm really proud of what I'm seeing. That power though, I mean, I spoke to the England players over the last couple of weeks and they're just like, what? Russell in at eight, Russell in at seven, Holder in at eight, Holder in at nine. I mean, can you quite believe... The, the, how deep you bat and the power you got in that middle to lower order. Look, when I took up this job and I knew there was a World Cup coming in uh, very early the following year, you know, my eyes were set on this um, and needed to build a team. You know, Rothman, as, lead, as a captain, started it in, in South Africa, um, going to South Africa and winning, continued against India. Uh, and we're just trying to fine-tune, you know, um, again, we, we changed the T20 game. You know, our generation with Chris Gale, Marlon Samuels, Bravo, myself, Pollard, Russell, who is probably on his last uh, World yeah. Cup. But we changed the game and to see us getting back and having the, the quality again that could contend for, uh, compete for a title. Uh, man, the sky is the limit for this team. Thank you so much for your time and yeah. we'll see you here in a few months' time, yeah? Yes, uh, Merry Christmas to all the listeners. You know, it was a, a, a good birthday present for me oh, and, a good, and a good... Christmas present for the Caribbean fans. What's your go-to Christmas play? What's on the Darren Sammy Christmas play? Oh man, look, my mom will. Do, my mom <laughs> she looks after you. Oh, yeah? my mom and my wife will put on some really good turkey for Christmas. But I know my friend has a really good restaurant. Every Christmas he does a really nice curry goat for me. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Travel safe, you. Can they win it, Cameron?
It's in their own backyard. Can you see a scenario where we're in Barbados in six months' time? Rodman Powell, a cool, calm character, is lifting the World Cup and they do it all again, Cameron. Another T20 World Cup for the West Indies. Yeah, absolutely. Like They've won three T20 series this year and they've knocked off South Africa in South Africa, India in the West Indies and England in the West Indies. Like Those are three of the best kind of sides in the world and West Indies have beaten all of them. I think there's um, you've got to really con- think of West Indian cricket and split divide it between the formats. Like yes, the the, the test squad that's going out to Australia is going to be it's going to be a painful watch, and that part of the sport over here is yeah, is in, I think disarray is probably a fair fair word to use. But the T Twenty unit, this is a group of players who are really passionate, really involved, really invested. Andre Russell was speaking yesterday about like how much the series win meant to him and how proud and happy he was to be back. If you go back over their matches of this year, against the match they lost in South Africa is probably because it was a three-match series. They won two-one. The match they lost is probably the best indication of like their strengths and their weaknesses. They scored two hundred and fifty-seven in their twenty overs, and they lost. South Africa chased it, and Robin Powell was talking about this to the written press yesterday, where he really identified the bowling unit as where they need to strengthen, and that kind of. Um, rolls into what we've been talking about where on a flat wicket cannon fodder is too cruel a term but I'm going to use it for the sake of it for ease it's a not max it's a not top speed bowling attack with two finger spinners who aren't mystery spinners it can go the distance when it's on the slower more tacky wickets like we've seen in the first two T20s of the series and the last one all of which the West Indies won they're a very very difficult bowling unit to face and then with the bat they're just so like I, I'm always annoyed because it sounds like it's lazy punditry to just go, oh, they're so powerful, they're so strong. But that is a, a concerted effort from them to be that team. Robin Powell says himself, he says, this is how we play. We want to be the most powerful team, the best six-hitting unit in the world, and that's how we define our game. I think they'll be such a fascinating and exciting team to watch in the World Cup, and I absolutely think they could win it. I think we're done, Cameron. I think we're done. We've got a fly to catch in a couple of hours' time. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I've got to say, I've loved, I've loved being here. It's been a real, a real honour for me to, to be here, to be on this tour. Um, I feel very lucky, very privileged. I think as well, I, I always think this, that I think the England team and the media guys, the coaching staff, I think, they all, I think personally they make us feel really welcome. Like I feel, you know, comfortable around them. I love that we, we can go to training and one of my best days here was it was the day before the final, the fourth game. And I sat for about an hour behind you and Grenada actually at the time. She weren't, you weren't there that day. But I sat behind the net and I, for about an hour and a half. And I watched Brooke, Duckett, Moeen, and there was one more. Um, I can't remember who it was. And I watched them back for an hour and a half. And I must have been three feet behind these guys with my phone. And I was having conversations with them as they were netting. Is it you know? Could you imagine in golf being able to stand behind Tiger Woods as he hits you know on the on, on the driving range? You know, stand behind Harry Kane as he trains for England. I think the access we get is brilliant. They're a good bunch of guys. Um, they care as well. That's what I've loved about being around them, talking to these guys. You know, it means a lot to them. You know, this isn't just a a series, a, a, a relevant, pointless series. A couple of weeks in the Caribbean, get through it. They've wanted to win. They've wanted to turn it around. Losing hurts them, uh, and I love that as a fan and as a journalist as well. That you know these guys care. So I've, access is brilliant. Some place, isn't it? You know, this Caribbean. Um, and yeah, your f- final words from you, please, Cameron. I feel a bit emotional here. What a treat. I, I do agree with you in that I think it's only when you really get to be... When, you, when you're when you three yards behind the net, 
that's when you really get an appreciation of, of, of the skill level of these guys. When you watch on TV, the, the sport looks so much slower. We had it walking around the boundaries as the other day, square onto Adol Rashid, and you went, bloody hell, that's, that's way quicker than I was expecting it to I be. I said that to you, didn't I? Yeah. yeah, you said I feel like I learned something. I couldn't believe how quick Rashid bowls, and he's supposed to be the spinner, which, if you didn't know, come now is my turn to state the obvious. Like when you said sixes are more than ones, uh, that, sh- that, that will come out slower than Gus Atkinson again, and that's supposed to be slower. What's going on, Cameron? Remarkable. No, it's been, it's been an honour to be out here covering it. It's been a privilege to do it with you, and it's all been live on TalkSport too. <laughs> there we go. Um, we've got loads more cricket coming to you over the next couple of months. Hopefully we've got a nice big announcement coming up sooner rather than later. Ooh, what could oh, that be? Don't check out Wilmot Ferguson's tweets. Thanks for all for breaking. He breaks everything, doesn't he? Break a leg, Will. No, we joke. Uh, thank you for following the uh, the Holding On Cricket podcast and the TalkSport YouTube channel. But keep staying tuned because the wonderful team uh, we'll have loads more stuff uh, for you over the next couple of weeks and months as we go into 2024. I've been Sam Ellard. He's been Cameron Ponsonby. We better go and put some dojin on, freshen up, and get to the airport. Take me back to London, baby! Meet 2024's most anticipated robot vacuum, Eufy X10 Pro Omni. With powerful 8,000 PA suction and MopMaster's dual mop pads, it keeps your floor sparkling clean. It's the winner of five Best of CES awards, and Digital Trends says it boasts almost all the same features as robot vacuums that cost twice as much. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. At TalkSport, we absolutely love it when our fans get stuck in. That's why we want you to join us in The Dugout, a brilliant new TalkSport listener community. It's the place where you can tell us what sports you're into and who your favourite teams are. And tell us what you think we could do better, like big guests and new sports and that. You could win an Amazon voucher for taking part. What are you waiting for? Visit TalkSport.com dugout and get stuck in. 18 plus, terms and conditions apply.